and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast. This is episode 29, and we are recording on January 8th, 2020. Woo-hoo! I am one of your hosts, Gabe. That's not Waterfall. I am joined by Sim Game Shane Pavlik. Howdy. A.A. Ron the Maverick, Aaron Woods. Oh, yeah. And the pharmacist with the sharpest wits, John Swanson. What's up? Today? I didn't realize the Kool-Aid man was joining us today. That's awesome. <laughs> Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Kool-Aid man. What's up? <laughs> you guys remember that commercial? That was oh, great. I sure oh, do. Most definitely. Are <laughs> you taking it back to mid-90s 2000? Bud Light commercials were the jam. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Way better than that. What's the current one? The diddly diddly or something? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, last year, the the royal king with the Bud yeah. Light. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hibbity, hibbity. I can't. Like remember. the first one was funny, then everything after that was just lame. Yeah. Beer commercials have gotten really, really bad in the last few years. But we're not here to talk about beer. We are talking today about some announcements made at CES currently happening now at the time of recording. A new Switch model released and of course the xbox series x chip is revealed featuring an 8k target but first let's talk about some housekeeping if you want to be a part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on you can reach us at mn gamers podcast on twitter if you think tweeting is for the birds you can reach us at mn gamers podcast at gmail.com so um, so, Aaron, yeah, what do you play? <laughs> I'm playing a good amount of stuff. Um, Modern Warfare, Days Gone, Fortnite, Rocket League, Star Wars. I'm trying to now platinum Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, I well, I installed, if it counts, I, I, I went ahead and installed the uh, Death Stranding game. I haven't played it yet, though. So, um, Did you give up on Days Gone? Uh, I want to so bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't though. It's 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 like just good enough to like have that carrot out in front of me. Yeah. But also it's just like fucking annoying because like the one complaint I've heard about that game to everybody is like, yeah, it's okay, but it goes on for like twenty hours further than it should, and I'm just like, God, I'm. 15 hours in, and I feel like I'm already at that point where I just am like, eesh. But you're like, too far in to, like, give <laughs> up? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot of really good things about that game. Like, yeah. I have to say, like, it's actually, like, I I try to, like, sleep through the fucking nighttime in that, in that game world yeah, because I, always, I don't like going out at night. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. there's way more zombies. It's yeah. the whole world is way more fucked. There's no benefit going out at none, night. Like none, none whatsoever. The when in any time you are in and around a horde, I honestly think it's like outside of like a boss battle, right? It's because it just is like a general thing that exists in the game world all over the fucking place. It's it's like the most intimidating thing and nerve wracking thing and stressful thing like that is in a game. It's crazy, and they do a really good job of the music and the ambiance about like making you feel that the yeah. the threat of the horde that is somewhere in your localized area, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think they do a fantastic job of that. The frustrating part is Deacon as a character, just, oh God, he's a, like all of this, like he's almost like a schizo. Like I don't mind him in the cutscenes and yeah. in the larger story ports, portions, but it's like when he gets like the radio calls from the one camp at, over, you know, over his little comm device, right? Yet he, you were just done having a conversation with that dude, getting a mission, the, the next mission for that camp. He goes from being pretty agreeable in that conversation to being a total, like, schizo when he's having his own internal, well, not internal monologue, because he's mumbling it out loud in this game world, but to you, the user, like, he's, it's just really, it's really jarring and quite contrasting, and it just pulls me out so much that I just... I have a hard time. I just have a really hard time with his whole mumbling crap. And then more systems. Uh, I, I feel with that game, like every time I discover a system, it just starts in starting to get into the weeds of that system. And any level, it just starts pissing me off. Like you were saying, John, the other week that you never quite made it to like the third tier of any of those camps. And now I can see why, because it's goddamn impossible unless I want to roll around at night killing a thousand goddamn zombies. Yeah. And And, get called for a mission sometimes. Oh, it doesn't work. It's that barely gets you anything or hunting, which is like hunting in that game sucks, like exclusively because it's totally random. There's no mechanism for which to actually track the wolves or deer or anything. And predators just appear. The wolves clearly pop out of monster closets. They don't just exist in the game world. They, they are part of the game world that is supposed to fuck with you. They don't just exist on their own. And it's, it's just so fucking frustrating. So, I don't know. There's a lot of design quirks in that game I don't like. And so now I'm going to start up test training. I'm going to try to keep playing it intermittently. But uh, and I feel like I should do so and keep my oath to our loyal fan who wrote in last week and suggested that I strive to be that completionist. I want to be, but um, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens after I pop in Death Stranding and Kojima's storyline magic starts following well, his soul. Yeah. Mark said complete more games. He didn't say complete, complete all, all the games. games. <laughs> uh, all, so all the games. I, uh, I, I think if, you know, Days Gone isn't tickling your fancy, I think it's okay to move on to something that may, which I think Death Stranding will be right down your alley. It's hard, though. It's hard. It's hard to... It's hard to walk away. I feel like I gotta get it done. It, it, maybe not now, but maybe I like it. I don't. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Fuck that I'm game. Like, I, I, I like was... that game, but fuck that game at the same time. Yeah. Like there are parts of it that are incredibly fun. Like the shooting is fun, and yeah, there are lots of part of it, parts of it that are a lot of fun. But it's it does make you want to give up. It's just too damn long. It's and not. It doesn't respect your time. I know that was kind of like. A theme the last couple years, I think, with a lot of games, and that game is definitely one of them that does not respect your team or time at all. What do you mean by that? It's just long and arduous for the sake of being ar- long and arduous. Like it's like a, game a fake value proposition, just so people yeah, can say like, they had a seventy-hour game, right? Right, which is not 
there are games where you can spend, I don't know, 60 bucks, but are, you know, 10 hours and offer you a higher value for your dollar because of the entertainment that they provide in whatever way, shape, or form than the $60 you spend on a 60-hour game or whatever. And I feel like I'm not sure if they thought their story needed that long to be told or whatever, but the story's not good enough to keep necessitate 60 hours, and it just keeps going and going. I think they could have shortened it to like 30 hours and just mainlined it, and you would have been a lot better off. Or they would have been a lot better off. The game would have been a lot better off. Sure. Anyway. I mean, I can see that. But Anyway, I'm done. That's, that's it? Yeah, that's more or less it. Um, well, until I crack open something new. So, Speaking of Death Stranding, that's what I'm playing right now. And it's... Dude, It's I feel like it starts really well in, a, in the fact that it, it alternates gameplay with cutscenes and they're not the four hour cutscenes from Metal Gear Solid 4. There are some like slightly longer ones, but they're not terribly long. And I think it keeps you in that loop of back and forth with storyline and from cinematics and gameplay to where you're like engaged in the story. And then by the time it stops doing alternating cutscene with gameplay the gameplay is more, much more interesting, so it keeps you kind of going, you know, because now the game's actually fun to play because you're actually upgrading stuff and getting new things. Gotcha. So how far along are, are you in Death Stranding? Or what chapter are you on, or episode? I think I'm on the chapter three, or episode three, and I'm probably, I don't know how far I am into it as far as that episode, but I think I'm like 15 hours in. Okay, so in episode three near the end and then into episode four that's when the game really opens up right like, uh so you're like right at the tail end of a good chunk of uh cut scenes and then the game's gonna just like here is the entire fucking world yeah uh, so it's cool it's cool that's an exciting spot uh, and that is right around the spot where uh, I was kind of starting to lose that steam too. I was just like, okay, like I, I get it. Let's, uh, you know, all these deliveries, like what's next. Um, yeah. but then I got to the end of, uh, chapter three and was just like, Oh fuck. Sweet. Well, so far it's piquing my interest enough. Like I'm unlocking enough new things to where I'm like, Oh, well I wonder how this will affect the way that I, you know, I'm able to like transport things or, and it's the dumbest thing ever. I have no idea why it intrigues me to do it, but it does. And I think that's one of the most like fascinating parts because you were talking about like organizing yeah. your luggage and stuff. And I don't really do that. I just like auto do it. You know how it has like the button where you're just like, oh, yep, make my it. stuff efficient, and I just do that. But it's still it's like you unlock enough stuff to keep it interesting. And you mm-hmm. constantly are like, hey, I want to know how that works or whatever. But, it, yeah. I mean, and the story is cool, but it does have those Kojima. He, he desperately needs, like, an editor or a screenwriter to, like, help him not do all of these stupid things, like naming characters Die Hardman and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I uh, I actually like that. 
<laughs> do you really? I oh, do, yeah. I, I, I liked it when I heard about it because it's just fucking hyper-transparent. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's, it's, it's super kitschy, right? But it's like, it's purposeful because it's Kojima. Yeah. And I, I get that. Like, and it, this is coming from somebody who loves Metal Gear Solid and which one of the characters' names is Revolver Ocelot. Which... <laughs> I think is a fucking badass name in that yeah. be much more trans- transparent than that. Yep. But like <laughs> I, that part, if you can get over it, which I have, if you can get over that, it's, it's pretty good. It's just that it brings it back up over and over. Oh, and I'll share you <laughs> Shane. Maybe you saw this dude. Like, or I'm sure you have, cause you finished the game. There's a part where, I don't know, I'll share it in Slack, and it's on YouTube, where he, he, someone says to Sam Porter Bridges, we can run, like, Mario and Princess Beach. Yeah. And keep in mind, she doesn't say Princess Peach. She says Princess, Princess Beach. Beach, yep. Beach. Because there's a theme in the game about a beach. Which I have no fucking idea what it is yet. I have a feeling I'll figure it out, but that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, dude, this dude needs like a screenwriter, an editor, or something. But other he, than that, it's he, good. it sounds like he just needs like a script supervisor to come in and be yeah. like, yeah, and be like, what? The okay, fuck well, is this, dude, I understand that there's beaches in this game, but like this analogy that you're making does not make any sense. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <And laughs> like, in this case, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I think his games would be a lot better with that, and it's. It really is a minor complaint because it's the, kind of like it was with Metal Gear Solid. Those things are minor compared to the game itself as a whole, I think. And I think if you get bogged down in them, which I, I'm pretty sure you can pretty easily, then uh, I can see where that would detract you from liking it. But I think it's pretty good. I'm looking forward to hopefully finishing it in the next week or so. So I, I just um, want to loop back to uh, the naming conventions and... Yeah. Hartman, he was my like that name like bothered the fuck out of me um at first and he became my favorite character uh in the game oh so, that's the uh, del toro right no, no that's, that's that's die hardman uh, no it's oh, not yeah. yes it that's is dead man no it's not die Hardman. oh you're, you're right you're right you're right you're, my bad my bad correct yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Hartman and everything that that is. So. <laughs> That's the guy who makes like your poop grenades, right? Yes, yes, okay. correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, poop grenades. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't heard about that yet. It's, you haven't heard about the poop grenades? Oh my lord! Yeah, dear God. But they, it sounds stupid when you say it like that. But it actually, in the way they explain it, it makes sense. Which is what I'm saying, like, the story is, like, he does have good through lines in there that make sense. And then this, there's these ridiculous other things that I'm, I don't know how that can be the same person that's coming up with both of these things. It's weird. Right. But anyway, I Maybe also... half the game gets done on drugs, and the yeah. other half is sober. See, I wonder <laughs> about that sometimes, but, you know, who knows. I also flew down to Arizona. Because my wife and son are down there right now. And uh, I downloaded Grease before I left, which is like a short four to five hour game, maybe. Maybe even less than that. I don't know. 
But I'm sure What's you guys called? all heard of that. Yep. Reese? Um, yeah. G-R-I-S. Oh, man, sorry. I thought you were talking about the movie that I no. No, not the John Travolta timeless <laughs> classic, Grease. Better shape game. of doo, doo, doo. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> I've never seen it. I hate that movie. I hate Yeah, fuck that I'm... movie. Uh, anyway, Grease the Game is about this... I think it's about uh, grief, basically. Um, but basically, you're this girl or woman who's you start out and you the world's gray and then you each level you pick up colors and then you pick up kind of powers like she can't jump at the beginning and then there are other things that you as you collect these little beams of light kind of um you open up more colors first i thought it was kind of like the artsy fartsy game of 2019 which i think it is but it's actually good also I wasn't so sure about it to begin with, but it has elements of like Hollow Knight in it, where it goes into these dark little creepy kind of areas. Um, the enemy that chases you is this black animation that transforms from like a bird to other creatures, like an eel. And the animation in the game is just fucking fascinating. I don't know how someone animates that. If you don't play the game, you should at least look that up because it's amazing. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I played it on my Switch, which I wouldn't recommend playing it on that small of a screen because it's there are parts of the game where it like zooms out and it's hard to tell where your character is, even. But it's a it's a worthwhile game for the four or five hours that it is. If you are into that kind of stuff, maybe check that out. And then I didn't realize it was that short of a game. Uh, I yeah, thought it was longer than that. Oh. I think it was like four or five hours but let me i'll check the almighty how long to how beat, long to beat. Um, <laughs> website which is my bible pretty much yeah dude that's the uh, jam thanks to whoever put that shit together but then i started playing bloodstained gabe do you know which one it is which one's on xbox game pass it's gotta be ritual of the night oh uh oh wait no it's uh ritual of the night yeah yeah it's it's a, ritual of the night and I did, like I played it a couple like a month ago and I didn't like it and then I played it like uh, this last week and I actually started to dig it a little bit more so I think I'm gonna probably go into that but I never played Symphony of the Night so or much for Castlevania games which I think Shane will should have talked about this last because that would lead us into a, maybe a good segue but that shows you how good I am at this production bullshit but it's good it's fun. It's a Castlevania game. You just do, you fight animals. And speaking of nonsensical stories, like anime nonsensical stories, this is like your jam if you're into that kind of shit, for sure. And then lastly, I've been playing P4G on my PS Vita, which is the main reason I actually bought a PS4 or a PS Vita, besides the cheap-ass trophies that you can get from those Rattalaika games. And it's... uh. I'm only like a couple hours in, and apparently it's like a 70-hour game to beat, so I'll have more to say on that in the... What game was that? I'm sorry, I missed that. Persona 4 Golden. Sorry. Oh, Persona 4, oh, okay. No worries, no worries. Yeah. Oh, thank you for clarifying that. I was like, sorry, what the fuck sorry, is P4G? Uh, P4G, Persona 4. Fucking JRPG nerd. Uh, Dude, he's yeah. kidding. Dude, you're so... Oh, 
<laughs> Standard length for like a JRPG is like 70 hours. I feel. Did like. you have to put on skinny jeans before you said PSRG? <laughs> no. No. Okay, I was just checking. Yeah, he didn't have to. He was just naturally wearing them. <laughs> yeah, I wear them all the time. I them. in them. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to playing that game. And playing it the little bit that I have makes me think I actually would maybe enjoy Persona 5. But I actually really am intrigued. Well, I, I'm I'm that person who always likes to likes to buy the complete package of a game so um i'm definitely gonna pick up persona 5 royale when that comes out oh yeah because you need more than the 80 hours that game already is (laughs) i'm an idiot man i'm never gonna play it but it's just like it's a collector not only do i want the game i want the complete fucking package i i'm with you i just bought uh what did i buy tetris effect um blood and truth Plague Tale Innocence and nice. some other game because they were having that holiday sale on PSN and it was like yeah, the yeah. last day or whatever and I was like must buy all these games <laughs> that I will Do never I play to... and they'll probably be on PlayStation Plus soon. I have to say I was a little peeved off because like it says like the sales going on till what's a what's a what like next week yeah. Tuesday and I had some games in my cart and I was like still contemplating what I was going to buy and I didn't buy the games that were in my cart and I didn't know that they shuffled the games that were on the sale. So now yeah, I got fucked. That either. I got screwed that yeah. way. I was going to impulse buy something else, but I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. It was only Bat- Batman VR is the one I got fucked on. I was oh, going to yeah. finally buy that. That's but... the one that I bought. Son of a bitch! <laughs> hey man, <laughs> you can come over and play it anytime you want. Yay! All right, Gabe, uh, what do you got? I have not been playing much, actually. I've been playing Dad uh, yeah. for a Boo. long time. That game's um, the worst. It's, oh, it's, oh, my God. I hope your daughter is listening to this. It's hard mode. It's hard mode right now. Um, oh, yeah. But I, uh, I've been playing a little bit. Of play. I dropped into some Apex Legends. Um, but a little bit of that holiday mode that's just super fun and goofy and kind of everything you'd expect of Apex Legends is a kind of goofy battle royale. So that's been fun. Uh, I put a little bit of Star Wars. Um, I was hoping to get into one of the new modes, but that just didn't wind up, and I didn't have time to start looking for games on those maps. Gabe, clarification, Star Wars, yep, yeah, that was my sorry, question. So. Sorry, Battlefront 2. Um, gotcha. <laughs> I haven't gone back to Jedi Fallen Order in a while, and it's bothering me because I want to play it. The, Have you, did you beat it? No, I didn't beat it. I haven't beat it yet, and I want to play it. I want to beat it. I know that it's a game that I like for the most part, but the the lack of fast travel systems is really bothering me. <laughs> oh, man. I know other just, people like that. And I, when I left off, I had just reached a point where I was really interested in where the story was going, and I saw some familiar characters, without giving any spoilers away, um, I saw some familiar characters, and I was really excited to see what those familiar characters had to offer, but I, I, I just, I'm having a tough time finding the time to commit to that, is one of the big things um, just lately, and again, having the kids at the age that they are is I'm playing a lot of games where I can just kind of save quickly or drop out of and not really care. 
Yeah. Um, so have have you ever played any of the like Souls born games? No, this is, is my probably, first. This even is my God first of War, I like would that. say, is of that persuasion. Um, but yeah, this is. I would say this game is very true to that subgenre insofar that the reason there's no fast travel is by nature the game is supposed to be a little bit more punishing. Right. And I I understand that and I can appreciate that, but if uh, just give it to me in story mode where I can fast travel. You know, yeah. so they, like yeah. I don't know, like make that an option or make that a slider. I I understand what the developers are going for. I understand the, and I do appreciate that they want you to play the game a certain way. Uh, it it's difficult for, and I'm I, again, I'm not saying that I've got all the problems in the world. I'm not saying that I am disabled in any way or anything like you that. You don't have to make excuses, like, man. Just just like me and Dave's gone. Fucking hate that game. No, I don't hate that game, but sort of. <laughs> it's just it's just those like little tiny accessibility things where I'm like. I, I need you, to, like you said before, just respect my time a little bit more. Yeah. I love the game. I love playing it. But I do want to get through it. Right. And there are times where I just need to set the controller down. And a pause, like, sometimes it's, I don't know if this pause is going to be for five minutes or if it's going to be for five hours, depending right. on what yeah. the kids are up to, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, the other Bloodborne where you just can't pause ever. Yeah. Right. The other day I was uh, I was playing Call of Duty and I paused in a multiplayer game just to run up and check on the kids and my oldest had taken her diaper off while she was taking a nap or while she was supposed to be taking a nap had taken her diaper off and thrown her poop all around the room. Oh, so, oh man, man, that's the worst. Like it was it was a disaster and this thing where I was like I'm just gonna pause this quick run over there, look in the room, see how they're doing. That turned into this, now it's a three-hour thing. Of yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> changing, cleaning up, getting out the carpet washer, yeah. giving the kids baths. You guys know how it goes. You guys are parents. Like, yeah. So it's right now I've been really relying a lot on xCloud and, again, these games where I can just kind of pick them and go. Don't need to worry too much about it. And I can save it or I can drop it when I need to. Yeah. So do you think that that is, I think that's an interesting topic because like respecting time uh, and developers doing so with various gameplay like features, right? So it's, it's like this balance of here's the developer's vision versus how do we appease everybody? Well, again, you don't, I understand the developer's vision, and I don't think they need to appease everyone, because not every game is for everybody, and I understand that. Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, but it is, it's, it's again, difficult, because you need you to say the games are art. play it. <laughs> right. Right. But you want to respect what, how the developer wants you to play it. So, uh, it's, so, it's so difficult to make that call. I, uh, I think that uh, Fallen Order has done a pretty good job of that because if you look at you know the Soulsborne games there's no difficulty settings like oh right, there's right. the game and it's yeah. like fallen order you you know i think there's four different choices on i think, I think it's even the setting my oh i know yours four there's four right yeah. yeah you're right 
I because uh, I, I started on the most diff- difficulty difficult setting. Uh, was it a uh, Jedi oh my Master? God. And I learned pretty quickly that I was not going to be able to play uh, on that. <laughs> uh, and so I bumped it down to the the next one. And I, you know, I'm dying a fucking shit down. Dude, truth be told, I had to bump that down to story mode to beat a couple of those boss battles. Yeah. Oh no, I, I believe it. I, uh, I think I, I what, what's I played it at whatever it is at default. I think. Yeah, I just the whole uh, way through. I think so. Good for you, man. I couldn't. There's a couple like the boss battle on, um, gosh, the home planet of Darth Maul's race. uh, Dathomir. Dathomir. The the boss battle that transpires on that was fucking dirty as shit. Yeah. Couldn't beat it. Yeah, that was hard. You're right. That one pissed me off. Yeah. Just a real quick on that. Um, I've also been hearing about that game that it they did not intend. I listened to an interview. There's a great in- interview on IGN uh, where Stig Armisen is interviewed okay. by Ryan McCaffrey. He yeah. was the creative director uh, behind Fallen Order. Um, and he had stated that story mode wasn't originally supposed to be in the game. And I've been hearing that that's a pretty evident flaw or that's pretty evident now that people are finishing it in story mode because the way that the combat works in story mode does not prepare you well enough for the bosses at the end so if you play the entire thing in story mode where you're not necessarily dodging at the right times or you're not parrying at exactly the right times and you get used to that you get used to that combat style that can really kind of bite and then it ramps up later on and then you're fucked uh, yeah. That's interesting. That's real interesting. So it's like the story mode is easier, no doubt, but it doesn't prepare you as well for those later levels as the other modes do. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a uh, crazy situation. But again, this is also Respawn's first game like this, so it's not too... I'm going to give them all the credit in the world for the work they did on Jedi Order, because I really, really enjoy the game, but... It's got a few accessibility issues, but not nearly as many as a lot of other games. So that's just my big problem with it right now is I'm a busy parent, and it's tough to play video games. Word. That's about it, though. That's all I've been playing. Cool. I, you know, being off for two weeks, uh, I've got quite a list. So I'm going to mostly do just quick hits and go through. Yeah, I was pretty impressed by that list. Uh, Yeah, you know, that's that's two, two weeks worth. So it really started with finishing death stranding i i love that game a whole lot it it is in my top two games of all time um and in the wake of completing it uh, i had this like void of not really being able to find the enjoyment i was getting out of playing death stranding in anything i was trying and so i was playing on the nintendo classic castlevania i only made it to the second stage in castlevania i kept like there's this part in it where you know you're platforming you're going from one ledge to another uh, and after time your jumps right and then there's these like ghost heads coming at you uh in alternating patterns and I just could not fucking make the jumps properly. <laughs> and it was so frustrating. I Which was Castlevania? The original. Oh. Uh, so it was 
fun because I, I don't think I played it as a child. I don't at least recall playing it. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to play this. So I had fun, but was very frustrated by it. I also played on the PlayStation 1 classic, Intelligent Cube, which I talked about a couple episodes ago. That game is just as good as I remembered it being. I loved it. It was like uh, uh, comfort food, right? (laughs) So like playing it was just like relaxing and I was using my brain and it it was good. So that was like the first step in being like, okay, uh, I think I'm finding the next game to play. So then I played Madden 20 and tried out their QB1 mode, which is basically like your create a pro player with a story kind of throws back to the long shot that they had the last two years. Um, and I actually really liked it. I, I thought it was... Are you locked into being a quarterback or can you pick any position like in like the, yeah. the NCAA Heisman modes? You're locked into a quarterback. So Damn. Uh, you pick a college, go through the college bowl series, then based on how you do, and then you go through the, uh, you know, what's it called? The uh, rookie combine. Right. Uh, and then you're drafted based on how you do. So I was first drafted by the Broncos and went through preseason and did not perform well enough. So I was cut at the end of preseason. Uh, I was like, damn it. Uh, and then I did a second round where I was drafted then by the Bengals and I think I made it through two preseason games and I was hitting all of the standards. And I, I would have thrown my workout for the Bengals. Fuck that. I don't want to play for the Bengals. Who wants to play for the Bengals? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> nobody. That's the short answer. Um, but the Bengals have more options for receivers than the Broncos did. And the Broncos offensive line is just so bad. I had like no time with them. I should have been like a running quarterback and just like ran everywhere uh, whenever I was on the Broncos. It was fucking rough. And so I was doing better with the Bengals um, and just really like remembering how to play. I hadn't played a Madden in, I would say like four or five years. And I, uh, you know, just being a quarterback, you have to all the reads. It was taking time to get back into it. And I was getting frustrated with that because I don't like not succeeding. So I immediately dove into another comfort game, which is FIFA 20. <laughs> uh, I was doing the Volta story. Uh, I created a, a manager with my favorite team, Liverpool, and then another manager mode with uh the local team, Minnesota United. I mostly played uh, the Volta, which is that kind of like indoor street soccer thing. And, you know, whenever I did the demo months ago and I talked about it on here, I was like, I don't know why anybody would want to do this really, you know, unless you're playing online with a bunch of friends. The story mode is actually really cool. I really liked how you're traveling the world and building skills through playing and doing practices, I'm definitely going to keep playing the story mode uh, in Volta. Um, it was a big surprise to me how much I enjoyed it. So That's cool that you can play lo- the Loons Manager or whatever. Yeah, you know, they have every soccer league uh, in Pretty much. Volta. Yeah, with yeah. the exception of, like, the second and third tier divisions. You know, MLS is... Well, a, do they, I don't think they have, like... Do they, do they have they incorporated like the Chinese first division yet? I think they have the Chinese first division. Wow, um, that's I crazy. Be- I believe so. Uh, I don't ever investigate the Chinese leagues because they usually just take aging players from the pr- Premier League. Uh, so, um, 
Yeah, but I think they did add those. I could be wrong, though. So um, you can fact check me on that one. But yeah, they have, have all the ever, leagues that I care about. They have. Have you ever played Football Manager? Uh, that is my favorite soccer simulation game that exists. Um, football yeah. Manager is incredible. Soccer simulation games that exist? Uh, well, you can sim through FIFA as well. Oh. Uh, and that's like just a straight up sim game. You know, you are controlling, you know, every aspect from the GM roles right. and then through the um, you, you can play in FIFA, whereas you can't play at all. You're GM and coach uh, and then you're hiring and firing all the other coaches from physios known as doctors here um and you know scouts you know managing the academy yeah uh football manager is unfucking believable it blows fifa out of the water and you have every league all the way down to the fifth tier german league in football manager so i i get that most years um, oh, does it come out every annually that's what I was it does saying. yep oh. mm-hmm. yeah i uh it's it's really fucking good yeah, I've heard a lot of. I used to listen to the UK IGN podcast, and they would always talk about that game. Nice. It took me forever to realize what the hell they were talking about, because I'm like, who? Why would you want to? I feel like a football coach, like an American football coach managing game, would never. Nobody would give a shit. You know what I mean? So they did come out with those, though. EA made a couple of those for a yeah, while. Yeah, I remember when they made them, and I figured they stopped making them because nobody gave a shit. But well, because it's just and this uh, uh, to change uh, change right. I mean, Football Manager is much more thorough than FIFA's management mode, but it's FIFA's management mode is is not bad. It has quite a bit yeah. of depth to it. Uh-huh. Um. And, and I, I mean, really, these other modes are just for, like, sim junkies. I mean, they just are. Yeah. And, you know, Madden, uh, they have the career mode where you can be the GM, the coach, uh, or, you know, a player. Uh, yep. So you, you have that option. And then if you're the GM, you can just sim all the games. You don't have to play them at all. And in yep. essence, you're, you're doing all, all of that in Madden. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely an option. Uh, and so the last thing I played was uh, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And the universe is incredible. And battling against all of the creatures and stormtroopers just feels so good. I'm, I'm re- really into it. And I that uh, officially broke the funk that I was feeling uh, after Death Stranding. Uh, the only like complaint I have about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I think Gabe was uh, alluding to as well, is like the back traveling. So I just made it through Zepho and was going back to my ship. And I didn't first I didn't realize there was one more puzzle that I needed to create. And I was wandering around these caves trying to figure out how to fucking get out of there. Uh, and it took me probably two hours of wandering in two different playthroughs to be like, wait, I'm missing a puzzle. Um, and figuring out that last puzzle was like infuriating at first, um, but then felt awesome. Once ever I, I finally did it and then working my way out. Uh, unfortunately, then I ran into uh, this crazy fucking stormtrooper beast that destroyed me in one hit uh and i was like what the fuck and then i had to stop playing so uh i need to dive back in and 
uh, destroy that motherfucker now that I know how to get out of the cave and it's right by the chip. But I'm really liking it and I think I am uh, less angry about back uh, backtracking to the ship now that I realize that I didn't solve the last puzzle inside the cave. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's understandable, man. I think I had at least a few moments like that where you had to kind of, I don't know, just, yeah, it was frustrating. Yeah, like, I just kept wandering back and forth, and like, okay, can I climb here? No, I can't climb here. What the fuck? What the fuck? And then, uh, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, like, the three balls uh, in that room after you have that. Yeah, uh, that one's a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I was just like, what the fuck? How am I fucking supposed to do this? Um, And then once I figured it out, I felt like a fucking genius. Um, (laughs) And was like, this is amazing! Um, But, you know, that's why I like games like... uh, intelligent cube right you know it's a puzzle and you're trying to like figure out how to solve the problem and you're getting pissed along the way but then you figure it out and it's just like this you know euphoria rushes over you like it's awesome so i won't say specifically which one until you two are totally done with the game but i I think the puzzles in that game are really good uh definitely i'm part of the god of war but um they are some of them are very frustrating because it's not super obvious. And I actually ended up solving one of the puzzles that I afterward I went and looked at the video to see how do you fucking solve this puzzle? Because I was like, this is way harder than it should have been. Turns out I definitely solved it in a way the game makers did not intend for me to solve it. What? <laughs> yep. Yep. I can't um, wait to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. So I, I totally fucked up the puzzle, but still got through the level and just jerry-rigged the shit out of it. So <laughs> Nice. Oh. I, I like uh, cheesing games sometimes. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do. Right. When you find a way around rather than the designed way to do something. So totally. Just on was this, this subject... All of you know the three puzzle, the the three ball puzzle I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yes. So uh, if you don't want to know anything uh, about this, tune out right now because I'm going to talk about the experience of that. So um, speaking of cheesing this, I was trying to, you know how those two pillars go up right beside uh, Mm -hmm. the third one? I was Mm -hmm. trying to force push one of the balls up those and like freezing it and trying to launch it off of those pillars to get I it up that. there. Yeah, uh, I tried yeah. that. And I was trying for so long and I was like, it's gotta work. It's yeah. gotta work. <laughs> right. uh, it never worked. Uh, but I was, I, I wish it would have, you know, and I would have uh, found a, a way to cheese the system that way. But then I found out how to really do it. It was good. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't, it a, isn't it a weird thing in games where like ultimately you feel like you can get it done a certain way, which is how I got my one puzzle done. Yeah. But it, you know that it shouldn't be this hard inherently. Like, you're yeah. fucking yeah. up in some way, shape, or form, but you're just too prideful to look up the solution on YouTube. And you're like, I can definitely figure it out this other janky-ass way that I figured out to do it. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. I'm going to stick to my guns here because fuck your game. <laughs> There, yeah. there was another ball puzzle on the the planet that you first travel to after the first planet. So you start out on the shipyard planet, and then you yeah, go but, to yeah. another planet. Um, and there's a ball puzzle on that, and I struggled with that for the longest time. The three ball like, puzzle that he's talking about is on that. 
Yeah. And, and that's Zepho. Yep, Zepho. No, not Zepho. Not Zepho. Um, it's it's the planet. It's a planet where like you basically start the game. Zepho. Oh, where you go inside the uh, like the thing that's in Rebels that you go and identify if you are a true Jedi or not. That's Zepho, though, isn't it? No, there's one before. There is one before Zepho. Um, oh. That's kind of it's like, like a. A safe it's, spot. Uh, I can't where you uh, mean yeah, BD? The... Where you mean yeah, yeah. BD for the first time? Yep. Yes. Yeah, that one. Oh, okay. I thought that planet's name was Zepho. That's the one I'm talking about. Sorry. Well, I think it begins with a B, like Braca or Braga or something along those lines. But yeah. Anyways, go that's, ahead, Gabe. Continue. That sounds right. Um, but I struggled with it for the longest time, and all it is is simply force pushing the ball, and. You've just got to force push it at the right angle and kind of at the right time. Yeah, and, that one still ooh. took forever, man. Yeah, I had a really rough time with it. And I was just like, I kept thinking, there's got to be a trick. There's got to be something that's easier because the three <laughs> ball puzzle was, it yeah. was difficult, but with the right timing, you could do it. And this one was, oh, I eventually got it, but it was so hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. That one's just janky enough to make you question what you're doing, like, Right. Yeah. But you're still, your pride kicks in and you're like, oh, I don't want to look it up. And then yeah. I finally looked it up and I was like, oh, no, it's exactly what I'm doing. I just need to do it better. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just kept thinking, like, I just got to get good. I just got to get, get good. 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 <laughs> get good. Speaking of getting good, why don't we move on to our news talk for the week? Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, we have an article here by Nicole Carpenter. You can talk to Nicole Carpenter at Sweet Potatoes on Twitter. And great this, handle. It is a great handle. Uh, this is from Polygon. So it's titled, Report, New Switch Model Launching in 2020. Now, uh, so the article declares that uh, Digitimes reports a new Nintendo Switch model to be released uh, in mid-2020. Uh, the report indicates that the intention is to release a model with a ma- magnesium alloy body and an update to the CPU. So, John, is this the uh, Switch Pro? Is this confirming it's going to exist? I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think maybe someday, but do they, do they really want to come out with it this year? There's a new PlayStation and a new Xbox coming out. Like I think I think they kind of have to. Yeah. Yeah, elaborate more on that. What do you got, Aaron? Well, for the same reasons we talked about the other week, where if at some point they don't up their hardware, I mean, there's already, like, I mean, games like The Witcher 3 and all this other stuff that are on the Switch, but that run in a somewhat janky fashion because of the hardware limitations. Yeah. So... At some point, you're going to get fucking left behind by third-party developers, so they're not going to have a choice. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong about that, for sure. I guess maybe it's my wishful thinking, because I don't really want to buy a Switch, a new Switch, and a, or I shouldn't say need to buy or whatever, but I don't feel I don't want to feel compelled to buy a new Switch and a PS5, you know. All in right. the That's a lot of coin to drop. For sure, you know, but that's a, a good point. So, you know, when the Switch Lite was coming out, uh, we had talked about, well, who's that for? Uh, Gabe, who do you think the Switch Pro is for? You know, I honestly think that this this new Switch, I'm not going to call it the Switch Pro because I don't think that's what it's going to be. Um, I think this new Switch is going to be for anyone who does not have a Switch. 
or I'd like to upgrade it a little bit. With looking at what they're saying in the article, just with the magnesium body and the or the magnesium alloy body and the update to the CPU, I think they're going to do only two things with this. Ultimately, the two things that are going to happen are the screen is going to get larger because the magnesium alloy body is going to be able to support the rest of the hardware without having that big edge around the screen. So the screen will be a little bit larger. And the change to the CPU, I think, is going to be strictly to allow that screen to be larger. Um, so a little bit smaller CPU that'll run at the same kind of specs as it does on the current switch. But also it will use a little bit better battery life. And the magnesium body will allow it to disperse the heat a little bit more. So really, I think what this is, is it's just going to be like the longer battery switch the switch in the red box that came out yeah. where mm-hmm. they changed the CPU and by changing the CPU, they were able to extend the battery life. So I don't think this is going to be something that they're going to publicly say very much about. They might put out a press release and say release, we're releasing a new model of switch, but I don't think that there are going to be any major changes to the software coming to the switch. I think that this new model of the switch is going, is not going to have further capabilities than the previous model of the switch. Do you think that will ultimately be a bad decision, though? I don't think so, because I think that Nintendo has been able... And we've talked about this before. I think Nintendo's been able to carve out a niche of games that require less power, but are still fun. So, But the first party. Well, first party and indie games is kind of what I'm looking at. I don't think that Ubisoft or EA or um, Activision or Blizzard are going to be jumping to get on the Switch or on any Nintendo platform in the future. I think Nintendo has really leaned into this less powerful but just as fun niche, and I think that's where they're going to stay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this is going to be any more powerful. I don't think Nintendo is going to go for anything that's more powerful as long as they can continue to sell things that are less powerful but still fun but as they uh, expand out into you know having the witcher and divinity original sin 2 and you know dark souls they they are showing an interest that they might want something with a little bit more graphical fidelity mm. to take that and have the portability of it so and there's been so many conversations about a upgraded graphical system, you know, ha- having a, a Switch Pro and leaks of it, you know, patents being put out that if I were a betting man, I, I would say it, I-, I would put money down saying that it is likely that, you know, they're, they're, if not this, in the very near future. And I think Nintendo, once they get ahead of... Uh, I think it's this or nothing, though. Or, yeah, it's gotta be know, it's gotta be this or nothing because you're not gonna put out four SKUs of the same exactly. console effectively. That'd be I, I just agree. lunacy. Um, I definitely agree. So uh, I I feel like right before the launch of the new PlayStation, the new Xbox, um, get in there for the folks that want better graphics um, on their Nintendo Switch, uh, and then that gives them a platform to be able to take some larger, more 
graphically intensive games and add them to the console so they can even expand their palette even further. So yeah. And improve um, the ones that are already there, like Gabe was saying already, like Witcher 3. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, uh, I, I hear what you guys are saying, and I like I understand that the the want could be there, but I I, I just still think there are other options out there for people that want to play those games in higher fidelity. And those options are more prevalent than the switch. Yeah. I, I'm just, sure. I'm agree, I agree to disagree. Of course. I mean, we'll <laughs> find out. A- we'll find out in the middle of the year, what's going to happen probably. Switch, yeah. But there's, the switch has grown to be quite the popular platform, more popular than I ever thought it would be from its yeah. inception. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's now in literally half the time surpassed total Xbox one sales period. So well, we we don't know that necessarily, but it's probably no. The, we 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 know that it, they like they. I don't think Nintendo did a presser about it, but you can look up the sales that they've talked about during their financial conferences and shareholder conferences and everything else, and you can deduce that there. I mean, there's a multitude of video game conglomerates. Or I'm sorry, well, media conglomerates rather that have literally reported on such within the past month well the the difficult thing is that xbox just hasn't released any numbers so that's the part when it it, when it comes to comparing those things it's my my point is it shouldn't be close and if they're even rumored to be beyond it i would say that it's very successful so then at what juncture do they have to bridge the gap or are they just going to not bridge the gap and say, fuck it? I really think that they're not going to bridge the gap and they're going to invest more in software than hardware. Well, there's only one way to we'll know. We'll have to agree uh, to disagree. Ab- absolutely. Like, yeah, <laughs> and, it's, it's. And so, Gabe, you're saying, you know, many other options uh, out there and, you know, uh, looking at everything that is uh, on the horizon. Well, you know, some people standing in the woods, sometimes they see some UFOs. Uh, and then they write about them and they create these narratives all around the UFOs. And there was a recent article uh, that was written by Andrew Reiner, and it was uh, from Game Informer titled Alienware Unveils Concept UFO. Uh, I really PC wanted to figure out prototype. what the fuck that transition was, and I'm so <laughs> glad. Uh, heavily influenced by the Nintendo Switch, creating another <laughs> option. Uh, so this is at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and that's where it was demonstrated. So it's a handheld PC gaming unit, uh, runs Windows 10. It is two pounds, eight inches, does a 1200p display. Uh, controllers connect with magnetic strips, uh, kickstand on the back of the screen, and you can even uh, attach a keyboard and mouse through a USB-C port. CES showgoers could test out Rocket League, uh, F1 2019, and MK11. Aaron, is this the future of gaming? Fuck no. <laughs> um, and I say that definitively and steadfastly for two reasons. One, yeah. it's even if it wants to be the PC quote unquote switch, it goes against everything that PC gamers themselves stand against and hate. Like it's this fucking cobbled together system that you have no way of upgrading or enhancing in any fashion you're may or may not given whatever the firmware is be able to utilize mods 
and such or increase or decrease graphical fidelity via sliders, this, that, and the other thing, right? We don't know what the platform is. True. However, for sure, at a minimum, the hardware, right, is going to be set. It's going to be locked. So you're not going to be able to pop it open and plug in some more RAM, you know, or increase your hard drive space other than buying, um, I guess, a bigger fucking SSD card, right? You know, you, you get what I'm saying with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, two, the Switch fills that void of the mobile gaming platform. People don't expect to play fucking amazing-ass games on a mobile gaming platform. That's just kind of what society has accepted insofar as technical hardware limitations that exist that are not a console or a PC, right? If but, but I think if you're a Game Boy or right a foam, you know, yeah, you but, then it, then it, but then it goes back to my first point. And I'm going to stick to my guns that nobody who is like a hardcore Steam player or fucking trying to get into the Epic Store or whatever else None of those people are going to migrate towards this. Not a one. They'll they'll wait for some cloud gaming solution at a minimum, because this just sounds so like bullshit. Is this the that contradictory look? You know, you have cloud gaming here, which hasn't taken the full step yet, and then you have a Nintendo Switch like for PC gaming, where you know you're able to do the specs on this saying it was running in 4K. And so now you have this, you know, handheld device where you're playing, you know, you know, Mortal Kombat 11, Rocket League, uh, you're, you know, doing F1 races. Is, is this trying to figure out how to do this before streaming really takes a hit? I know, Gabe, you're doing Project X Cloud. Do you think this is kind of competing with that or do you think they're totally separate entities? I think this is it, it's a it's going to be a very very niche product. One because I think it's a it's going to be expensive. Yep. It's it's one thing to to get a switch and to take that everywhere. And again, just kind of like I talked about before, like the software is a big pusher of the switch. And mm-hmm. though this would be able to play, you know, hypothetically every game on Steam and every game in the Epic Game Store, um, I do think that it's not. It's just going to be so prohibitively expensive that it's not going to be able to um, get it in the hands of all the people that would like a thing like this. I think a lot of people so we, would turn to cloud gaming before and a much more sustainable model of cloud gaming like subscriptions or and like Google Stadia or Project X Cloud much before they would move to this. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, should re- since- we should reiterate, though, we should reiterate that this is a strictly a prototype. NVIDIA hasn't announced yes. shit. This uh-huh. is just a prototype. There's a trillion prototypes out there that never come to fruition. And that so- was leading me to my next question, which was, John, do you think that we'll actually ever even see this? No, I think I'm right. with Abe. I, think I agree. Too expensive to compete in like the market that we have. It is. I can't imagine it would be less than at least like a thousand dollars at the bare minimum. <laughs> like, right? And that's not gonna. I don't it's know. Like, a ten-inch screen. 
Yeah, right? I, mean, I, I mean, think some people would buy it, but I don't think it's an amount that would justify the cost to produce it. Yeah. I think it is the, cool, though. The one thing that these game companies can do, like um, Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, is they can sell their consoles at a loss because they're relying on their software to kind of push the console sales. Sony did a great job of that. Nintendo does a great job of that. Microsoft does a great job by selling Excel to thousands of businesses and then putting the Xbox burden on that. But, you know, whatever. I really think that Dell is not going to be able to sell these at a loss. That they're going to, they're really going to suffer because of that. Just like you're saying, John. The other thing, too, with cloud gaming is that with at least Stadia, Nextcloud, and even PS4 Remote Play, like, we have it things right that around we carry the corner. Around. Right. It, and it absolutely is. I mean, Stadia is released, uh, for the, I should say, for the most part. They got a lot of issues, <laughs> but they're out. And we have devices that we carry around with us everywhere that are capable yep. of playing those games. So... Yeah. You know, I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on my phone, and then I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on something that my phone is able to do, or not necessarily my phone is able to do, but I'm able to get the same experience from my phone that I am from this other thousand dollar device. Like, no, of course not. Yeah. I'm going to play it on my phone. Right. Yeah, I guess yeah. only time will that. tell. And so, uh, moving on to our next article, it was uh, posted on Windows Central, written by Asher Madan, titled Xbox Series X Chip Revealed Features 8K Target. Uh, So in this article, you can see a picture showing the 8K classification in the bottom left-hand corner of the Xbox One X. And, you know, there's been a lot of leaks floating around that the PS5 is targeting 92 teraflops, but the Xbox is targeting 12 uh, 12 teraflops. So, Gabe, that's not water, it's a teraflop. Are you able to tell us, just give us a reminder what a teraflop is? Yeah, so I actually got it wrong the last time we were on the episode. I, thought it, I said that it was 1,000 uh, floating point calculations per second. Uh, one teraflop is one trillion floating yes. point operations per second. So, I mean, I was way off in the numbers that I gave last time, so I apologize for that. The 12 to 9 teraflops, we will see what that is going to do uh just to put it in perspective the xbox one the launch edition and the xbox one s and the ps4 run at about 1.3 1.4 teraflops um oh, shit so this is going to be at least 10 times it's going to be able to do both of these are going to be able to do at least 10 times the calculations that the ps4 and the original xbox one are able to do yeah dude that's fucking crazy i didn't realize that's what the xbox one and the playstation 4 were running at right now i was curious about that I'm, I'm glad you knew that information readily that's awesome yeah they're they're pretty low compared to i mean the ps4 pro is four teraflops i think and the xbox one x is six yeah, so six. compared to like the ps4 pro and the xbox one x were huge jumps compared to what uh the original ps4 and the original xbox one were at this is going well, it's to not be ten times. It's it's like fifty percent more, right? Definitely not ten. Because if the Xbox One X is doing six and it's going to do twelve, oh, maybe. Yes. Yep, I'm talking about the original Xbox One versus the Xbox oh. Series X. Okay. So sorry about that. Um, but yeah, it would be about half. And for each of those, so the PS5 targeting nine point two, the PS4 Pro is at four. So each of these are going to be twice as powerful as the premium consoles on the market right now. Um, 
that's a pretty big jump. And with the other hardware that they're including with it, that maybe they didn't have the time or the budget or the design engineers to fit into the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, when they're able to put those other components into it, I think that these are going to be, I mean, amazing consoles. I was just looking at a video from Digital Foundry today, looking at, we, we know most about the Xbox One X right now because they've gotten a lot of stuff out of the way. And Digital Foundry went ahead and they picked apart that Hellblade 2 Senua Saga trailer. Oh, shit. And <laughs> they were questioning whether or not this was actually in engine because of the graphics were too good. Um, I think the response to that is, we have not seen chips like this in any consumer products yet in the world. So at the time that these consoles released, I think this may be the first time that consoles and PCs are on an equal plane when it comes to gaming. So I think this is going to be a really big deal. I think that consoles have finally caught up. I mean, they're going to be surpassed pretty quickly. And of course, somebody's going to build a PC three months later that's got all the everything perfect. And they're going to be able to overclock their GPUs and make it looks so much better, but also burned on their apartment doing it. Um, <laughs> but I think that I, this is going to be a really, really exciting time for both consoles because, again, we've never seen optimization like this before, and we've never seen we've never seen consoles be this ready to be the best on the market and competing this hard with PCs. I, I'm really interested to see when kind of official things get revealed because I can't imagine a world where Sony is going to allow Microsoft out of the gate to come out with a 30-some-odd percent power power cushion over them. There's no way that's going to happen. Well, I, I would say the only way that that does happen is there's going to be a significant price difference, right? You're not going to be able to have the 12 teraflops uh, and charge 399. I could see yeah. the 9.2 well, at 399. But we all um, we all know how well the PS3 at $600 sold. Yeah, exactly. So uh, and, and I think PlayStation learned their lesson from that. So I I'm in, anticipating it being 399 when it drops. The I don't if Xbox wants to win this generation and they're selling a 399 console for 12 teraflops still would go PlayStation because they have the games I want to play. You know, it's really about the games to me, at least. Um, I I love having sick graphics and um, that's why next gen is exciting to me, but really it's the games I'm looking for. So as long as the price is right and you have the games I want to play that that's what I'm looking for. So Xbox has a lot of, I don't disagree with that. I just think it's just like, from an ego standpoint of each of these respective companies, right? I, I don't know. I just couldn't believe a world exists where there would be that much of a power difference in reality. Cause that would, that would be the headline other than price point, right? We don't know obviously what the price points are, but there are rumors to power. So given the rumors to power and how substantially far apart they are, I just don't think that they hold a lot of water. I see our Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> I think that I think Xbox has a lot of work to do when it comes to E3 this year, and they really need to bring the games because 
with a lineup that PlayStation has in 2020 alone, I, I don't think it's hardly a contest. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, Pretty, in my opinion, like the, it doesn't, I'm kind of with, or I am with Shane in this regard that like it, I will probably continue with Xbox Game Pass and maybe sign up for streaming or whatever it is, depending on how much it is. But like, you don't have to have a Xbox to do that, you know. So even until yeah, they right. start having games where I can play, like I want to play on a huge screen, like on an Xbox, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit because I can play all these games not by not and not by an Xbox. Yeah, they really they really do need to come up with like actual console exclusives. And the biggest thing is they just need to come up with good games. Like they've bought all these studios and now it's just time to kind of come out the door swinging and say, "All right, we've got the most powerful console and we're going to have the best games." Yeah, um, see, and the, which this is, is honestly where I don't think that that's their even business model anymore though. I don't think they care about console exclusives. I think they're totally fine with releasing a bang like a banger on the Xbox and on PC at the same go. Cuz I think they're ultimately trying to get to this half console half Steam space. I would agree with that for the most part. And again, kind of like we said before or like I mentioned before with when we were talking about the Alienware thing, like consoles can be a cost for companies and Microsoft having the PC platform that it does. And it's one of the largest PC platforms in the world. Like if, if they can put all those games on windows, then why even sell a console or why even try to make the most powerful console? And why not just make a low grade PC you can put in your living room? Right. Or just do cloud services and have a game marketplace. Right. That's what they're going for. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at. I don't see a, it's going to be weird. Good stuff. The future is well, going to uh, be so crazy. The future is now. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> nice. So we have some reader mail here. Uh, John, you want to give it a read for us? Sure, sure, sure. From our buddy Grucci Poochie. He says, as a European in the proximity to Germany, I came into context with RTS, or real-time strategies, early on. And love-hate, he says in parentheses, assuming he means the relationship. Uh, You get pretty quickly that this area of video games is preferred by German or European market and is rather unknown or not celebrated in the rest of the world. So my question is, which of you play that? What are your experiences, etc.? And what is the popularity in America in comparison with other game markets such as PvP, PvE versus campaign? So I totally missed the beginning of the question. What is the game type he's talking about? Real-time strategy games. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I read Poochie that Poochie, part. Did I black? You, did. Okay. You, you didn't black out. I think Aaron did. No. Yeah, I did. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and such. Uh, <laughs> so I love real-time strategy games. I love city builders. I love God games. I love any type of simulation game. Uh, 4X games included. So I started playing them at like 12 or 13, playing SimCity, Theme Hospital, and 
even a lot of my friends growing up played them as well. So like Roller Coaster Tycoon, Warcraft, Starcraft, we would be GMs of all of the sports games. So Madden, FIFA, NHL, and then we would manage the teams throughout them. So that was what I did the majority of my childhood. Now I still play them. They're, they're still my favorite genre of games. Hence why my name is Sim Game Shane. Um, <laughs> City Skylines is probably my favorite game of all time. I have it on PS4 and I have all the DLC on but PS4. Would you qualify those as Sim games or real time strategy games? So I think that's those are more the point. Games. So they uh, they're all in the same bucket. Because in the question, he specifically does real-time strategies and city builders. Um, okay. And City Skylines took what SimCity was doing and then took it to the next level. I'm a part of a couple groups on Reddit that are specifically focused on City Skylines. And watching like the spaghetti, uh, spaghetti highways that people make are just incredible and it increased my love of maps and just like looking at maps and identifying like how city builders and civic engineers are designing cities and stuff like i love that shit because of city skylines so i'm obsessed with that game uh and then uh civ 6 i actually was playing while i was visiting my brother in pittsburgh i have it on my tablet so i was playing that and that's a straight up real-time strategy game and actually i used to prefer civ 5 but this time playing it like civ 6 really started growing on me and then frostpunk is another game i started playing uh as well recently which is a game i've been looking forward to for a while and so i hear it's pretty depressing uh i didn't put that much time into it i think i only put like five hours in it is so just a quick anecdote about it i pretty early on they you get a choice of you're you know you're trying to survive right everything is frozen you need heat you need resources you need to bring them in uh, and then you need to build a city around this uh you know in inferno that is keeping everybody alive and you don't have enough people to work, so you get the choice to make all of the kids work, uh, and you can assign them to do safe jobs or not safe jobs. And so my first playthrough, I was like, fuck that. I'm not having these little kids work. Like, they need to be in a school. So, like, I developed a school for them and was, like, giving them a place to, like, learn and, like, be safe while everybody else was doing work. Well, I ran out of resources and everybody died. Um, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> um, and so... My next playthrough, I was like, I'm sorry, fucking kids. You're fucking working. We need to fucking survive. And like, I had this moment where I was like, God, that's a terrible thing I have to do. I would never do that in real life unless maybe our life depended on it. Right. And so it was like this really interesting choice that I had in the game that like I kind of did feel bad about. But at the same time, like, you got to fucking survive, you know? And that's why I love sim games and real-time strategy games and all of the games like this. So, you know, Democracy 3 is another one I like. Football Manager, which we were talking about earlier, I love. I picked up Tropico 5 recently and Stellaris. I, I play all of these games because I think they have the most replay value. And I like having my plan, implementing it, seeing how it transpires and then adapting to that plan. And if it fails, it fails. Fuck it. Uh, then I try again and create a different plan. And I just love that. So getting to his question on how popular 
these are in America, I have two takes. So my initial take is not at all. I don't know a single person that plays these types of games in America um, in my friend network. So I was like, I think I'm the only one that, that is doing that now. Whereas <laughs> I said in my childhood, I uh, knew folks that played them. Um, but so what I did is I went on Reddit and I went to the City Skylines uh, Reddit uh, subreddit. I went on to the, oh, what were the other ones? Uh, Stellaris. And then I did another one as well, which is escaping me right now. And I just sent out like, hey, you know, I'm doing some research for my podcast. You know, obviously you play this game because you follow the subreddit. I'm curious to where you are. Um, if you would mind just like responding and telling me where you are, I would appreciate that. And I got about 50 responses. So I want to give a shout out to anybody that saw that responded. Thank you. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome. And so with, with those 50 responses I received, I would say about 40 of them were in the United States. Um, and oh, that really? was actually shocking to me. Um, I anticipated them to be more, you know, outside the U.S. So I think there is a good bit of folks playing real-time strategy sim games. The one that responded the most were people in Stellaris, which also surprised me. I thought that would be one of the uh, lower ones. I thought City Skylines would have been the most responsive. Um, they uh, were responsive, just not as much as Stellaris. So I, I think, you know, mostly in America, the games are fast paced. Um, there's not a, they're, they're not so, you know, they're shooters, they're, you know, Overwatch, games like that, that are quick. Um, and, you know, an, an example is the review of Death Stranding uh, at IGN uh, here in the States versus the review of Death Stranding at IGN in Italy, um, where they gave it a perfect score and IGN here in the States tore it up. I, I think maybe that not a lot of folks like a, a slower paced game in America. And I don't know what that says about our culture, but I found it a kind of a fascinating case study. And I appreciated Gucci Pucci asking the question and prompting me to just do a little bit more digging and research to figure out where, at least, you know, getting an idea that, you know, I'm not the only American playing these games. So right. uh, do you guys have any takes on this? <laughs> I don't really play them. Like I used to play Sim City back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then they switched to, like, Sims. And that's about it. I tried playing, what was that game last year that was the from the people who made FTL? God damn it. Into the Breach. I tried mm-hmm. playing that last year and couldn't really get into it. But it's just never really been my thing. And at this point, I'm definitely not looking for more genres of games to get into. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... As I mentioned earlier, Theme Hospital was one of my favorite games growing up. I played that game fucking crazy amount. And they've re-released it. They've changed the name, uh, something pretty similar to that. And I'm just waiting for it to come to a platform that I can pick it up on because that, that game was fun as fuck. So, yeah. Uh, so if you have any uh, questions like Gucci Pucci did, definitely email us at mngamerspodcast uh, at gmail.com. So this moves us on to our mostly normal question of the week. Guys, this is uh, an interesting question that I stumbled across and I figured I would just roll with it. So uh, if freedom is simply being able to do what you want, are animals freer than humans? What do you guys yeah. think? Absolutely. I, I don't think so. Why? Like pets or like animals? Like wild animals or pets? 
Well, I, I look at this like a bird or a fox or something like that, like a wild animal. There's literally um, a phrase, free as a bird, that we use. Yeah, yeah dude, that's not, no, <laughs> no, birds aren't free. They can't, they, okay, so if it's able to do whatever you want, I think Leonard that, Skinner came up with the song <laughs> called Free Bird. Nope, nope. Are nope. you not listening to what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, I, I, get, I, I need to chime in at this point because I think Bob Dylan said it best. Uh, oh, our oh birds, Bob Dylan said nothing best. <laughs> he said he said everything best. Uh, are birds really free from the chains of the skyway? Oh. So, <laughs> that sounds exactly because that's how he actually Dylan. said it with <laughs> shitty ass mumbly crabby voice. Oh. The the biggest thing is like I think humans are able to communicate better than animals and we have hands. So we can literally do whatever we want. Like a bird can be free. They can like fly everywhere, but they can't pick shit up. If they pick shit up, then they gotta put it in their mouth. And then they but can't that's like that's not a freedom, that's an ability. Yeah, and I think your abilities allow you to do more things, which makes you more free. Well, are we defining freedom as like literal laissez-faire liberty or as one's like ability to interact with the world because those are two different completely completely different things totally totally and on the first one that you mentioned i would agree that animals are freer but on the second one i think that humans are freer but they don't have then we would have to argue whether or not the animals have to what level animals have the capacity to appreciate the concept of freedom like the capacity to appreciate the fact that they would have to pick up something with their beak as perf- i mean i feel like you're assuming that birds are up there flying around being like yeah i can fly but i wish i had some of them human hands so i could pick God up damn it, why can't i play some rocket league with all my human compatriots <laughs> no <laughs> No, they can't do it. They can't do it. They're pecking at those buttons. They don't got I know. Buttons. Are they pissed about it? But are they just like, this, I got to get out of here before that squirrel eats me. They're pissed about it. And speaking of getting out of here, thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in today. This has been the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast, episode number 29. If you enjoy our weekly podcast, it would mean a whole lot to us if you could give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you subscribe to us through. If you aren't yet a subscriber, come on, man. What are you waiting for? Follow us on Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast. Let us know your take on our mostly normal question of the week. You can find me at SimGameShane. Gabe, what about you? You can find me at GabeFall on Twitter. Aaron? I am WoodsTheMav on Twitter. I also enjoy some games. Is your probation done? Are, are you off of Twitter probation? Oh, yeah. I, I've been off of the Twitter probation for a while. <laughs> All right. John, what about you? I am at uh, Johnny Samsonite, and I have uh-huh. yet to be on Twitter timeout. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Join us next week when we will be discussing the secret to happiness, also known as cookies and milk. Bye! Bye! Bye.